Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Welcome back to the Zero Podcast, proudly sponsored by Establishment Coffee, U025, 25% off and free shipping. Happy holiday seasons, my folks. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. This will come out, yeah, very close to Christmas next week. Is Christmas next week? Christmas is like the following, the week yeah. after, but this will come out like four days before Christmas. Okay. Yeah. They're shaking your head. It's soon. <laughs> wow. Christmas time. All right. We got to go on ultra speed today. Mm. Yes. James has a health emergency. <laughs> Keep me in your prayers, fam. <laughs> so t- tell us what's happened or do you not want to share? No, nah, I can share. So I've got like a, it started off as a, what would you say, ingrown hair? Possibly. Pimple? I don't even know. And it's just progressively gotten way worse. <laughs> the red circle's just gotten <laughs> like bigger and bigger. I wonder, have you seen it? It's huge. I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that lump. Yeah. I wonder, mm. I wonder if it's like spider bite. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it might have been a bite. Yeah. But it fucking hurts now. So I'm going to go get it uh, drained, cut out today. Oh, Take a video of it. Yeah, I will. Hmm. <laughs> oh. Like, yeah. Can you do that stuff? Are you into that stuff? Yeah. I like the whole pip, pimple popping videos yeah. and stuff. Did you did you see my brother's arms on the weekend? No. So my brother Tim, uh, my other brother gets them as well, like these fatty deposits, mm. these big lumps of, of fat that it just sit under the skin. And he got them all cut out on the weekend. Oh, sorry. He got them all cut out last week. So he had all these like stitches all over his arms. Oh. Uh, but I asked him like, did you, did you get... Um, did you look at them afterwards or did you watch him cut them out? And he's like, yeah. And what does it look like? It's like the gristle on a steak. Oh. <laughs> Yum. Yum. Yeah. Yum. Yum. <laughs> Throw that in a pan. That's what you do. What you, the you render it to create the tallow and then you cook your steak in it. Nice. How good. Holy. Wow. <laughs> what have you been up to, Tom, bro? You been traveling? No. What do you mean? Where did I travel? I don't know. You travel every week. No. I've been home. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I've been home. I've been just training, working, being hungry. Nice. How's like the deficit going? Horrible. <laughs> what do you uh, want again? Two thousand, like two thousand four hundred. You're looking way leaner. Yeah, uh, say, say that, but my measurements the. You're not the one taking measurements, so I should be speaking on this. The fat yeah. areas are getting fatter. The muscle <laughs> no. areas are getting smaller. <laughs> no. And the scale weight's progressively going up. So. That's not true. The body dysmorphia, yeah. be dysmorphin. Yeah. It's not true. The measurements are going down. You're actually looking way leaner. I, I definitely think I am a little bit leaner. Mm. You can, my, my belt's a little bit looser. Uh, for you, I can always tell with uh, your back. You can see your back a little bit more. I don't, you haven't seen me with a shirt off. No, and your T-shirt. The, that's a sign oh, no, of being Jack V taper. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I got to shave my back and do like a a back photo so I can compare. It's twenty years lifting for me this year, so Fuck. I only take photos once every like five years. <laughs> anyway, Meg, what have you been up to? Uh, took the whole week off training last week. Like I came in on Monday and I was like, "Yep, gonna get into it." No, lasted one exercise, and then I rested four days. I came back on Friday, tried again, did not work out. Uh, so I took the whole week off. We had a family barbecue on Saturday as well. 
uh, which was nice. We had all the farm animals come over. Cute. Really? Yeah, <laughs> it was so cute. That is cute. Oh, is that those those cattle pups? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to ask yeah. my mum and dad if they want one they, of those. They, if they, foster, they foster animals all the time, so there's always like a new animal like yeah. every couple of weeks. Legit a zoo. Le- That's so cool. They sound like they're living my dream life. Yeah. It's so too. awesome. Wow. Um, it's kind of my dream life because now I get the animals, but I don't have to do anything about it. True. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I've come to realize that goats are like the best animal. Mm. Such a good animal. Yeah. So that's what I've been up to. We had a huge nice. snake the other day as well. Mm. Oh, what was it? So I finally got to see one after four, what? When did I move here? 16, 20 years of living here. Yeah, right. This is carpet python. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're massive. Mm. It was yeah, huge. Yeah, they're huge. Mm. Mm. Yeah, sick. Where was it? Just in like our front yard. Straight outside the front door. Yeah. Wow. And um, Thomas's sister in law like touched it because mm. I haven't seen many snakes. And I was like, what are you doing? And she just nudged it and it was so calm and mm. it just slithered away really slowly. Yeah. They get in your roofs and everything. The carpet well. pythons. Mm. Slithering around. Oh, it is a big boy. Wow. Wait till you see my mom's reaction. <laughs> Did you keep that part? Oh no. It's a, that's another video. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh. Bridget, what have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? Training, working, my parents were here over the weekend. They just flew to New Zealand to surprise the grandkids for Christmas. Nice. So that was nice. And then we got surprise free tickets to 50 Cent on Monday night, which was unbelievable. And yeah, that's literally it. Mm. Yeah, it's it was been a sick. fun week. It was so good. I'm a massive, I don't know. Do you know that, have you noticed 50 Cent always play, is always playing in here? It definitely has been this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I put on, uh, not anymore, because no rap music to uh, afternoon, but um, I always used to play 50 Cent Radio. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So I'm like a massive 50 Cent fan. Why, yeah. why is it no rap music till the afternoon? I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said it a few weeks ago, and we've just been playing like chill vibes in the morning. Oh, mm. yeah. that's what that music was yesterday. I was yeah. like, what is this? No rap music till noon. That's my new rule. <laughs> yeah. Shawnee was jiving all morning. Yeah, yeah she, she loved it. She did. Just filming it for her, for her parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's super cool. Yeah, there's like random like Samoan songs, Cook Island songs in the playlist too. So it's so random. Yeah. <laughs> James, mm. what about you? What have you been up to besides slowly losing your leg? Um, yeah, just dying. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> no, nah, nothing much. Nothing much, just, uh, yeah, nothing. Nothing really, nothing exciting. Nice. Well, mm. size 50 cent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've just been cruising. Haven't really been, I've been training like three, four times a week, mm. but I can't do much at the moment. Um, but it's fine. It is what it is. Oh, and we had the Kiwis here. Oh, yeah, the boys, oh, from, yeah. boys yeah. from New Zealand came over. Uh, the, so the New Zealand business partners, uh, Chris and Jamie and, and Chris's partner, Leash, they came over and stayed with us uh, last week. They just wanted to do a bit of a gym tour just kind of see what they were getting themselves into. Uh, they'd already committed and bought all the equipment and <laughs> now, now they're seeing what it actually is. Uh, but yeah, they, they loved it. It was, it was really funny. I was like, you guys want to do anything? Like check out the Gold Coast, check out Brisbane, any sightseeing, theme parks. They're like, the gym is our theme park. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we literally just want to see the gyms. That's all they wanted to do. That's so cool. I love being around like proper Kiwis. That, do you know what I mean? It's so different or like it just reminds me of back home. Yeah. It's cool having them in last week. Especially seeing they're like literally from your home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Um, all right. What are you guys grateful for? I'm grateful for spotters and loaders. It's a little <laughs> bit late, like one, one week too late, but I'm very, very grateful for spotters and loaders. That's a cool one. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. 
was just thinking in my head, like we have so many powerlifting competitions nationwide every year and I'm sure some get cancelled from time to time, but most of the time, you know, they um, they go ahead. And that means that every single time they're able to, they manage to round up the volunteers needed across the country. That just blows my mind. Yeah. Just volunteering their time. Mm. Mm. That's what helps the sport grow. Mm-hmm. So kudos sure, to you for everyone who uh, spots and loads at comms. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Gidge, what are you grateful for? Um, I've said this before, but I say it every time they come to visit. I am grateful for my mum and dad. I just love having them around. And the, I love having people in my apartment. Makes it feel lived in. Sometimes my place is too clean. <laughs> <laughs> Can confirm. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that problem. <laughs> James, what you got? Uh, I am grateful for, you're going to laugh at this, but I'm grateful for like medicine and technology, like our health system. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you always hear people saying, oh, the public health system sucks. I'm like, it's fucking really good. It's great here. Yeah. It could be better, but it's really good. Mm. Yeah. How could it be better? Uh, who? Mm. This is how it could Less be. Less wait times? This is how it yeah. could be better. Yeah, I, yeah thank you. I was mm. like, what? I can't think of a good example. Like, mm. I have an appointment that I really want to do, but it's in March. It's on March 6th. Yeah. Yeah. That's fu- yeah. It's hard to help. I, I know. feel like they're yeah. doing their best. They are. Do you know what could be better? Why are always receptionists at doctors and GPs always so fucking rude? Because <laughs> they probably cop a lot of yeah. abuse yeah. on the daily. They're mm. dealing with rude people yeah. all day. Mm. Yesterday I was like, I'm going to be so nice to her, even though I was so she was so rude to me. Mm. And she was so rude every interaction. <laughs> I was like, oh, mm. keep being nice, keep being nice. Oh. Maybe the person she dealt with before you wasn't very nice. Yeah, no, I don't mm. know. And she was in a bad mood. Yeah, mm. yeah. All right, I've got a oh Tombro, what are you grateful for? Uh what am I grateful for? I'm I'm grateful for our clients. Like Zero as a whole, our clients. Uh yeah, just the the nature of what we do here attracts a certain time of type of person for the most part and it's just really cool, you know, a lot of people, a lot of staff are taking time o- o- off over Christmas. Clients are very supportive and encouraging of that. Uh I d- we just you know, our clients make these businesses work, make this podcast possible, make everything we do possible. Uh, and so I'm grateful for that. Nice. That's a nice one. All right, I'll kick us off. He who, he who has health has hope and he, he who has hope has everything. Your leg's really sore. <laughs> yeah. <isn't it>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm hopeful, man. I'm hopeful. <laughs> he searched quotes for the terminally ill <laughs> to, get, to get me through. <laughs> You watch. Oh. You're gonna you're gonna find the John Hopkins study and get on some mushrooms this week to sort of <laughs> give you give you some clarity about dealing with death. Oh. I don't have a quote. I quickly got to search one. Meg you dog. can go, Meg. I can't remember if I've done this one before, but the past changes its meaning depending on the state of oneself now. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. Have, okay. I, have I done that? No, no. I haven't had oh, to do okay. that one, but I do like that one. Yep. What you got, Gitch? See if you can guess where this is from. I found it is in the small things. The deeds of every day. Oh, sorry, I'll, I mucked that up. I found it is. I found it is the small things, everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keep the darkness at bay. Simple acts of kindness and love. Like That's definitely film. a. No, it's a Eckhart Tolle. No. Oh. From a, from a movie? Yes. Bridget watches three movies: <laughs> Alien, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. It is one of one of those. Yes. <laughs> a- Alien. No, Does that no. sound like it's from Alien? Oh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, but who says it? Uh, fucking 
Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. The other wizard. <laughs> uh, um, Gandalf. Yes. Gandalf the Grey. When does he yes. say it? What part? Uh, he says it to, I think he says it to Frodo. Maybe we're in, when they're in the mines, I'm not sure. Oh, or he might really? Have said, or he might have said it to Pippin in... I can't remember, can, actually. Can you wow. say the quote again? Scotty Pippin. <laughs> I have found it is the small things, everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keeps the darkness at bay, simple acts of kindness and love. Oh, no, I am completely wrong. It's not out of The Lord of the Rings, it's out of The Hobbit. Oh. That's why I, I was going to say, that doesn't sound familiar. Mm. Mm. Here you go. It's from The Hobbit. Yep. At the Shire. <laughs> Damn, you got the lingo. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> me and Meg act so stoked when we know something out of the day. <laughs> uh. Are you still finding your quote? Yeah, I can't. I can't say it, or I'll cry. You'll have to read it. Okay. Aww. Aww. Having a dog will bless you with many of the happiest days of your life, and one of the worst. Oh, Thomas Damn. doesn't help my death anxiety. Why did you? Okay. <laughs> no, I like that one. Yeah. Mm. Very special little uh I saw a meme the other day that said uh they're angels without wings. It's true. Yes. Mm. <laughs> all right. All right, quickly go. I wanna cry. <laughs> I wanna cry as well. Um all right, we've got a few topics here. Sorry if we're rushing through this. Like I said, I'm gonna get my leg cut off this morning. <laughs> um <coughs> Are there risks involved with being too flexible for powerlifting? I love this question. Where did it come from? Well, I've been, uh, one thing I am, it just came from something I thought about myself. I need to do more stretching. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I need to do more passive stretching. Why? For jujitsu. Yeah. Okay. But then I thought, I was like, I wonder if this affects my, I don't really care about like the interference effect too much because it's, I'm just doing things I enjoy, mm-hmm. but I need to get a little bit more mobile for jujitsu. And I thought about it. I was like, I wonder if this is going to affect my strength training. Uh-huh. Mm. But then again, I don't know why I would think it would affect my strength training. Sure. Mm. Would it make it more difficult to well, hold positions? Well, so that's that's one thing I thought about. But like <clears throat> for me in powerlifting, uh, I've got adequate mobility. Like I feel like mobility is, we've spoken about this before, but for me mobility is just being able to get into a position. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like you said before, the definition is just from A to B kind of thing. Can you get from A to B? And for powerlifting, it's fine. And jiu-jitsu, it's fine as well, but I've... Uh, found myself getting more niggles and strains and I'm probably a little bit less flexible than a lot of the people there. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot more demand on, uh, even if you can get into certain positions in jiu-jitsu, if you're weak in those positions because you're not used to being in them, you're going to know about it. Mm. Like you're contracting or going for max strength in compromised positions where you've taught yourself to do that in very specific movement patterns and something like powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've always disguised having poor flexibility with... Uh, my argument being that I'm mobile enough. Like right. I've got the adequate mobility to get into said positions. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because a lot of people have that mindset without realizing that they're actually not. Mm. And so someone's definition of, okay, I'm good enough to get in the positions is just competition standards. Like, can you touch the chest on bench? Can you hit depth on squats? But that's not enough. Because over time, all you'll do is move your body to accommodate hitting that benchmark. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, you'll lose flexibility. Like think of, think of the case studies of someone who's progressively widened their stance and turned their feet out more and more and more so they can hit depth. It's like, yeah, well, I can do the thing. I can hit depth. That loss of range at the hips, you know, that loss of internal rotation, adduction, whatever it is, 
is going to be directly uh, responsible for uh, potential certain injuries. It's going to be directly responsible for compensations in other parts of the body. It's going to impact heavily other lifts as well. Uh, it's going to impact heavily certain accessory movements to the point where you have to change those. So uh, being good enough or mobile enough is often just like misunderstood. What do you think, Bridget? Do you think that being too flexible is a bad thing? I was just thinking about one of my clients who has hypermobility and she talks about not being able to do certain things because of that. What? How do you think that affects it? Hypermobility is a little bit different, especially yeah. if it's tied to like a specific, uh, a specific issue like ED. Um, I always forget the the actual name of it, Ehlers-Danos syndrome or whatever it's called. Uh that's going to be a slightly different um, a different thing to being quote unquote too flexible. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about how we or what I was always taught is if you're going to be doing any kind of like uh, static stretching, it's best to do it after you're doing like heavy strength training. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there is a slight element of truth to that, uh, but this whole idea of like is flexibility a bad thing is just ridiculous. Mm. And it's, it's very selective. Like people will say, oh, I need to be tighter through my hips so I'm not sinking my squats too low. But if someone's got very flexible shoulders and can get into a great low bar position, no one ever says you need tighter shoulders so your upper back is tighter. Yeah. Mm. Can confirm it doesn't help. <laughs> Does the opposite. I mean, and that's a good, good case study as well of what happens when you get the opposite. You'll feel very tight if we shove you into a low bar position, but it's just going to create a host of problems. You're going to get arm pain. You're going to get tightness even further from that from being in a compromised position flexibility is not the problem it's always just strength it's all it comes down to is control and strength like think think in zero who's the most flexible person you can think of uh lisa lisa mm. right does she squat so low that her her butt's touching her ankles no because she can control that bottom position well that's what i was getting at when i was like does it just make it harder to mm. do something that comes more easy to someone who isn't flexible well, I just think that to me, that's like a stability. It's like yeah. mobility versus stability. Yeah. So stability is motor control and strength. So can you access the position and then can you strengthen in that position? It's the same that like if we, if you remove your mindset from squat bench deadlift and just think about a bicep curl, like that's full range. No one complains that they have full range in their bicep, uh, in their, in their elbow or their arm. Why do we complain that someone's got full range in their hips? Mm. The, the, the range is not the problem. If anything that's the direction most people should be moving towards. Mm. Most people should be moving towards having more options so they can train more options because you won't lose that strength. You don't automatically just become a floppy noodle when you get a little bit more flexible. Yeah. There's a weird thing where people are doing at the moment in a, like strength training circles where they're trying to train through excessive ranges of motion. And, you know, there's a trade-off. People are like, oh, yeah, I'm squatting really deep uh, in the off-season or whatever. And it's like, all that's happening is, yeah, they're taking it through a greater range of motion. Therefore, you know, visually it looks like they're more flexible. But to me, it looks like they're just putting themselves in a worse position. Yeah, a lot of the time, it's like the, the answer to, this is going to sound real weird, the answer to squat, squatting deeper if you squat high in competition is not squatting deeper. Mm. And what I mean by that is your body will accommodate what your brain is telling you to do. So someone will be like, okay, well, I squatted 250 at comp, but it was high. As soon as I get over 230, it's everything just becomes high. Therefore, I'm going to go back to the drawing board. I'm going to squat 70, 80 kilos, super deep. But if they don't have the range to access those positions already, their body will let them get down there, but it'll just make huge compensations. 
They'll just roll their back forward, like their upper back. They'll just let go of that. They'll just round their butt underneath them. They'll let their feet bow out onto the their knees bow out. Their feet roll out onto the side of their uh, on, onto the side of their feet, uh, and then. As soon as they get heavy again, they'll just go back to where they were. It's mm. it's, it's a band aid solution. It's not going to work. Uh, there's there's got to be more to it, and the answer to it is getting more flexible. Mm-hmm. And getting more flexible isn't necessarily just a, a do some stretches and you get more flexible. Because like you know, with your shoulders, you stretch your shoulders, you squat. Next week they're fucked again. Mm. There's more to it than that. It's about understanding what stability is and how do we actually unlock greater ranges in someone by getting them access to those ranges but strengthening in those ranges and that's where like these little drills and exercises that we can scale up through the process become really important to understand but uh, yeah coming back to the heart of the question no more flexibility is normally the answer not Mm. the problem because i look at my uh i'll just use myself as an example um my low bar like i can jam myself into a position from the outside you'd be like someone might be like, fuck, he's got really good shoulders. Look how narrow his arms are. But I'm f- jamming myself into that <laughs> exactly. position. And then, you know, my arms and shoulders are sore for about a week after that. Yeah. Uh, someone who's really flexible, but then has poor motor control. So they can get into position really easily, but they're still going to have sore arms and shoulders as well because they can't, you know, control what their upper back is doing once they've got that bar on their back and as they're moving through space. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it's funny that there are actually people these days like coaches or you know um influences in the industry that have gone back to the mindset of being tighter is a good thing uh, which is very old school like this is the equipped overweight sort of 2006 era powerlifter speak which is like you know if i can get my shoulders so tight it's basically like i'm wearing a bench shirt <laughs> No, bro. You get your shoulders that tight, you're going to rip a peck off, which is often what happened That's to those people. That's what I was thinking, like muscle tears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, the, that, that extreme tightness is not a good thing. But people are genuinely coming full circle with that. And it's so – I'm sorry, but it is stupid. It, it, like from a logical perspective, the average person should be able to arrive to the conclusion that that is not a good thing. Mm. It's weird though, because uh, you look at it through a different lens. So for some reason, they think that's fine in the gym. If you tell someone with really tight hamstrings, hips to go sprint as hard as they can, yeah, pop. the first thing they're going to say is, no way. Like, yeah. I'm going to tear something. It's like, nah, but a tight muscle is a good muscle. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why does the lens change just because the, uh, you know, like the sport's different to an yeah, extent? Very strange. The, the thing I find the weirdest about it, because I've been both, like I've mm. been very flexible and I've been very tight. Uh, and I, I think I'm more flexible than the average powerlifter that fits my mold, you know, my body weight, my size. I think I'm more flexible than the average powerlifter. Uh, being more flexible, you feel so much better. Mm. So much better. Like it, things, things don't hurt as much. It's easier to move around. You can do more things in life. Training in general is better. Like when you're so tight that you can barely do a leg press or a leg movement or you have to sit all cockeyed on the leg press and put your feet in weird positions because you can't get your knees to touch your chest. It's it's not good. Mm. I think of times like, because my shoulders are pretty shit, you know, when I'm doing a bicep curl in a certain position, uh, you know, some people are like, I love this exercise, get yeah. a really good pump. And the whole time I'm just thinking, my shoulders are <laughs> fucking fried. <laughs> Feels like it's going to rip out. Yeah. 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 It's, it's funny, you know, you said before about powerlifters uh, training through excessive ranges of motion. Uh, I think training through full range is one of the most overlooked and important thing uh, that powerlifters can do when it comes to accessories. So full range rows, full range leg press, full range pendulum, hack squat, whatever it is. 
is super important. Like if you're doing a cable row, touching your stomach each rep, touching the top of your chest each rep on a lat pull down, touching your chest each rep with a dumbbell movement, touching the top of your shoulders with an overhead movement, all of that stuff, going to full lockout, all of that stuff is super important provided that you can do so in a way that's safe. In other words, it's not just moving the thing from point A to B, but in the positions that you're chasing on the main lifts. Mm. I, I am a huge proponent of that for sure. Uh, but just going through full range for the sake of moving further, if it means making all these compensations at certain joints, you're just going to end up hurt. That's that's the reality. It's just, and maybe not like injured, but sore shoulders, sore hips, sore knees. You're just going to end up sore mm. in a bad way. You got to find that uh, like because I've got clients that are encouraged, you know, to push their accessories way harder mm. uh, from like an output standpoint. And then I've got clients that I'm like, no, like you need to not push them as hard, and you need to focus on, like you said, training through a full range and you know just because those positions that you're getting yourselves into during those accessories are going to help but ideally we want both mm. we, we want to hit full range and then go heavy as fuck because mm. we're ultimately we're trained chasing strength and size uh, that should be the goal be flexible be able to work through range but be fucking strong through that range for sure um, for time. Yeah. got another 10 minutes sweet um one more thing here Talk, should uh just another topic should prize money be shared with the coach i was meant to put a poll up on instagram and i never did i don't think so I, i'm just curious i i heard something i heard a conversation that people were having about this uh recently and i'm, I'm just curious as to what you guys think well i think that the client is paying you for a service you're providing that service you give them the program to follow but they're the ones that are putting in the work why should you get the money? What if they're what if they're not paying for the service? What if you're giving it to them for free? Well, that was your decision, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Like it's uh may I reckon maybe one day, like when powerlifting's a professional sport. Well, actually there's lots of powerlifters that just make their whole living from competing, isn't there? Uh, I wouldn't say there's lots. No. Okay. But there's there'd be a few people like Yuri Belkin and John Hack and <laughs> things like that. Yeah, I'd and I'd wonder how much is actually from powerlifting and how much is from like the stardom that they get to then promote workshops, yeah, online okay. coaching, apps, that kind of stuff. Mm. I just look at it. So I, you look at boxers, you look at UFC fighters, like when they sign their contracts with their managers, you know, like a part of their purse goes to the manager. Mm. So yeah, like I don't think, I don't think so in powerlifting. I don't think we should. Um, That's different though, right? Like isn't the manager sort of picking the fight, working with the promoter? Yeah. Uh, it's different. You know, is is part of that purse going to then the coach as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that purse uh, gets spread out. Yeah. So you got to think if a fighter, like CJ, you understand how the fight game works. If a fighter gets paid only twenty five thousand dollars for his fight, he might only walk. If he's got a shitty manager, he might only walk away from that fight for five grand. Yeah. Like once he's paid all his uh, coaching fees, his everything else. Do you know where I can get my hands on these sort of contracts? Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah you'd be good <laughs> you could make a big purse yeah uh, uh, so I'm, I've got two answers for me personally as a coach I'm staunchly against it mm-hmm. uh, for, for most of the reasons that Bridget was just talking about it's like I've been a part of the journey but they've done all the work they've done all the lifting this is their thing they've earned it I've just guided them through it the reward that I get is them winning Yeah, that's the reward that I get because my clients doing well reflects back uh, reflects back on me and my coaching and my brand. That's the reward you get. I feel the same way about um, competition day coaching. 
like I'm staunchly against charging for competition day coaching because it is the most important day for me as a coach. That's where it's all come to fruition. Mm -hmm. And their performance on the day is a huge part of direct marketing for my coaching and my services. So why would I charge someone for the opportunity to directly market and, and promote my services? It doesn't make sense. Mm. To me, it doesn't make sense. Now that said, that's my first answer. That's for me. For others, I can see how you might justify it. I don't like the, the idea of prize money being shared, but if the lifter feels in such a way where they refuse to take no for an answer, that's up to them as well. Ultimately, it's their money that they've won if they want to share it with the coach. Mm. I think it would be gross, like disgusting for a coach to expect or to ask for that. 100%. Uh, I think there, there could potentially be fair asks. Like let's say, uh, let's say CJ is top of the game. He's flying to America to do a comp where he wins $100,000 and I fund my way over there as a coach. Perhaps I say, hey man, I won, I came over. You won, I came over, I helped you out. Would you be open to the idea of covering my airfares. Mm. I, I don't think that's an unreasonable ask. Mm -hmm. Again, I wouldn't do it personally, but if a coach were to do that, I don't I wouldn't be like, nah, that's gross. But if they were like, hey, you won, you know, kind of helped out, so here's my bank details. <laughs> I think that's gross. You know? I didn't know uh I didn't know that until like a year ago when someone said, um, how much do you charge for uh, game day coaching? I was like, what? Yeah, me too. I didn't realize yeah. it was that was a thing. People do that. Yeah, mm. they do. Mm. I've got a really good example of like game day coaching where it worked out perfect for me. So I remember I wrote Matt Rodwell's program the first time I coached him. I just wrote him a program for ten weeks. Yeah, and then I coached him on the day, and he had such a good experience with me on that day. He signed up for coaching. Exactly. Okay. Uh, that, mm. That's marketing. That's advertising. That's promoting. Exactly. Mm. What's your opinion, Mick? If it's like a black and white answer that you're after, I'd say no. Um, because, and me and Thomas were talking about this the other day and I said that if it's a small prize pool, you know, if there's only like $500 cash to go out, a coach doesn't really think, jump to thinking, okay, I'm going to ask for a cut of that. And then once the prize pool starts to get bigger and bigger, I don't think that should change how obligated a person is mm -hmm. to share their winnings. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't ask if it was a very small prize pool. Um, so that's, yeah, my answer is no. All right, general consensus. We all say no. Mm. Yeah. I think that's fair. I reckon. I think mm. most people would say no. Mm. And I think the only people would say yes, or I hope the only people that say yes are the, the people that, um, uh, you know, sort of are in line with that idea of like there are some fair asks that a coach could make. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've never personally asked. People have offered certain things. Uh, I've accepted offers of certain things where it's like, you know, an international comp. This is way back when, when I had no money. Uh, where someone's offered to to pay for my flights to get over for worlds i've accepted that mm -hmm. uh, I'm, i've got no shame in admitting that because they wanted me there and i said i'd love to be there but i literally can't afford to go uh they're like well what if i pay for your airfares i'm like if you can do that i'll cover my way all the rest of it then well, that's fine and they were happy to do that so uh, i'm blessed to have had those sort of opportunities for sure um i don't think i've ever been paid for game day coaching like I've certainly never accepted it or given a price because, again, I'm, I've been staunchly against it. But I remember 2014 Nationals, I wrapped two people, um, uh, Nathaniel Anthony, who owns Muscle Nation, uh, and another guy, Michael Vigotis. They both trained together out of, out of PTC Brisbane. 
And they kept trying to give me money. I kept saying no. And I think somehow they got me like 20 bucks each for wrapping their knees, something like that. So, yeah. That's cool. The owner of Muscle Nation or Michael, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I, I owe you 20 bucks. <laughs> give me a shout. I'll buy you a Subway, Uber Eats. <laughs> no, that's probably like 50 bucks. But <laughs> inflation makes sense. Well, I actually, Ruin, uh, Mel asked me to handle, Mel asked me to handle one of his clients one time. Yeah. Oh, and I just said, yeah. And he goes, how much do you want? I said, nothing. Yeah. Not a chance. It's not yeah. that I'm going to be here anyway. Mm. Um, I had to wrap his knees, whatever. It's fine. But it was really nice. Mel bought me something. Yeah, he bought me a gift. gift. Yeah. And I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. Mm. So he was like, I don't know. He was really appreciative of that. And I was appreciative of him getting me something. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's un- I don't expect it. Awesome. Um, all right. I want to put this question out to all the listeners. Okay, hit it. Which zero lifter has done the most powerlifting competitions? Angus Roxburgh. Like ever. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> uh, ever. Ever. Oh, wow. Mm. And they don't, like, the competitions don't need to be under, like, if they haven't been coached by Zero the whole time, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I want to know if anyone can get the answer. Do you know what the answer is? No. I've been looking, though. Okay. So I've been looking, and I think I've almost narrowed it down. Uh, Joseph Whitaker has to be up there. Yes. Yeah, he has to be So he's top there. three. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, will we, we announce the answer next week? I don't know if there's a, any way of accurately getting this answer. <laughs> so I'm going to just give you three people that are up there. Okay. Uh, he doesn't get coached by us, but he's trained here. He's a member of Zero. He's part oh, of Josh Takua. Josh Takua. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hardy. T. Hardy. There you go. And yeah, Joseph Whitaker. Yeah. So they've all been competing a very long time. I'd be curious to see what Steve Hampton's. List oh, was yes. like, he didn't compete for a long time but he competed a lot <laughs> like a lot uh yeah a lot a lot <laughs> a lot thanks a lot thanks a lot <laughs> give so us five stars we'll chat to you next week uh you won't hear another one of these until after christmas so merry christmas merry christmas all merry the best christmas. to you and your families and all the rest all right see you team Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.